This is episode 224 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Control and Compound Financial. They teach real estate investors how to multiply their wealth using infinite banking strategies. For a complimentary wealth coaching session or to learn more, visit www.controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines. Welcome back to the show. Today, I've got Kellen Panicha on and he's been on the show a couple of times before. He was in the first, say, 10, 15 episodes. He was back in the early 90s and uh, once again, back. Kellen is a guy that's known to do uh, no JV and he's built his portfolio in uh, just east of downtown London in an area called uh, Soho as well as Old East and uh, right now he's just refining his portfolio so I caught up with Kellen early and he had a lot of smaller properties duplexes triplexes uh, all in a similar area and he's sort of just been transitioning away from the smaller stuff getting into larger and larger units in today's episode we talked about what Kellen's doing to keep his deals cash flowing and the pretty incredible perfect burr that he just did so it's still working even in this market uh, he's still able to do that on a larger multiplex and he also discovered that he has developable land so he's got a really wide uh, lot a big backyard in one of his multiplexes and he's currently going through with the city right now or he's in the process of starting to get another multi-unit building approved uh, which would really just turn this into an incredible asset to own so Kellen's a very interesting guy full of wisdom and he also really does help quite a few people with his content and his mentorship so um, I thought it'd be great to bring him back on the show just before we jump into the episode I want to remind you that the first several episodes of this show are a resource and one I highly recommend that you utilize. So if you're new to real estate investing or some of the terminology is not sitting quite right just yet, go right back to the beginning because I designed those early episodes to be consumable for somebody who has absolutely no knowledge of real estate investing. So uh, if you want to just sort of get your feet wet and learn the basics, that's a great place to start. And then you can come back and join us at these current episodes. I also want to remind you about the GTA West REI meetup, which is happening monthly. Our next event is happening in May, although by the time this airs, it might have just happened. So keep on our private group on Facebook and stay tuned for the next event. We will always share those events there until further notice. But with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the episode with Kellen Panicha. Please enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I've got Kellen James Panicha on the show. So he goes by Kellen James yep. on, online. But I, when you were on here first, you were Kellen Panicha. Yeah, so, you know me better than most. So you get both. <laughs> and I think it was like episode 92. And then before that, it was episode like seven or eight or right in there. Yeah, and, one of the early, early ones there. And yeah, in the early like 2019, which is, I mean, a long time ago now, you know, we were talking about how you you did the whole ten thousand dollar a month passive cash flow yep. in London, yep. and I think you've, you know, you went through a little. I was talking to you, and you were you're changing some things. So lots <laughs> yeah. changed, absolutely. Yeah. So you were buying bigger stuff, and you know, obviously, uh, business portfolios and real estate portfolios changed. So tell me about it. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, I had my portfolio at one point getting up to seventeen grand a month, and in cash flow after you know five percent maintenance and five percent vacancy yeah like a very conservative estimate yeah i think i think that was maybe during self-management phase so i don't think i had budgeted for property management but anyway yeah um yeah so uh, you know last we talked i had 53 units or 52 units i had so in 2021 i sold five buildings which was 15 units i sold off some of the properties i didn't really want to keep forever 
Um, what was the criteria to sell? Um, just like location not being quite what I wanted, legality not being there, right? If it was like a six unit in a zoning that only allows four. Like so you didn't want the non-conforming. No, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with legal non-conforming, but yeah, not. Oh, Ill illegal yeah. non-conforming, get rid yes, of it. Yes, this was illegal <laughs> non-conforming. So, and you know what, like during that growth phase, I don't think there's anything too crazy about getting some of those, picking some of those up because there's some significant value add that can still be had in those buildings. But like, if the plan isn't to hold, hold them for the long term, I'm just not interested in it at this point, you know? Um, yeah. So I sold off some of those, like, and it was also offloading some of the smaller buildings, right? Like I like the idea now of, you know, six and up. Um, so I sold off, you know, some two, three unit buildings, one sixplex um, that wasn't legal. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was 15 units and then I bought 51. Um, so you're up uh, to 100 or so. I, I got up to 88 sold, and, and because I sold the 15, you keep the, pruning something, it. <laughs> something like that. I don't even know if that math adds up. But it was something, something like that. Um, I met, and then I was at 88. I sold a few recently uh, to get it down to 83. So uh, 83. sold two, two buildings. Um, and the reason is uh, during that growth phase, I'm still doing with no joint venture partners, right? Um, and so you know, the 24 unit building alone was over a million dollar down payment. And like, this is just me. I'm, I'm generally trying not to get too crazy into private loans and stuff. Um, but and I did, did a little bit, <laughs> but I did. Cause I mean, when I was acquiring that partnership, much, yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I didn't, I still just, I still like the idea of growing without. So no, I hear um, you. If, especially yeah. for stuff you're going to hold long term. Yeah, exactly. If it's a flip or something that's different, but oh, you're going to hold sure. it long term, you better make sure you're in with somebody you want to be in with. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, I went through a period of time where I did take on more private loans than I wanted to. And, and this was when I went, okay, like, you know, when interest rates started going up, I went, well, this, this doesn't, I'm not particularly fond of how this looks in the long run. I'm in a situation sort of where, you know, I, I never want to be in a place where the market needs to fix something in order for things to go well. So I went, you know what, this is a good time for me to sell. I sold a duplex and a triplex. And luckily, I've owned these buildings for so long. I had hundreds of thousands in equity. So I used those and just paid off a whole bunch of private loans. Mm -hmm. And it just got me to a place where I could feel like I was in, like, I felt safe, you know? Mm -hmm. Everyone's got their different, like, sweet spot in terms of, like, what level of exposure they want to the market, um, what level of leverage they want. And for me, it was just more leverage than I wanted and more exposure. I mean, yeah. not even really exposure, but just leverage. Um, and so, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. That was what I was doing for the last while is kind of, Sold off a couple um, just to deleverage a bit and a uh, bunch of bunch of refinances, things like that, pay off more private loans. And so now I've gotten to a place where like it's, it's been like a 12 month, the last 12 months has just been like stabilized that stuff, you know? Yeah. And in the meantime as well, like because of that significant number of acquisitions, it was just it's been like a lot of units that need turnovers. So I had an eight unit building. We turned all eight units over. Um, it came with two vacant and we got the other six out with cash for keys. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I have another eight unit building that we're just as of now actually probably going to get eight out of eight vacant as well, um, which is great. And again, all cash. And you're fees. talking like thousand dollar a month increases on the rent, yeah. aren't you? Uh, like, yeah, 600 to a thousand type stuff. Like, yeah. Give me an example. Your unit. one beds are going to go for like you're getting them at what and we'll taking have, them to what? We have like a lot. I have a lot of units that are like 600 or six or seven hundred dollar. My tenant, goodness. You know, and <laughs> maybe even less. I, I, I swear I might have. had. I don't know. But yeah, six, seven hundred, something like that. Maybe eight hundred. And then uh, there'll be, you know, one bedrooms will be like minimum 1200 plus hydro generally. That's now? Uh, yes, in London. And that would be like a super bottom of the market uh, price, wouldn't it? I've, yeah. I'm I, not hearing of one bedrooms at 1200. I, I, I've i always run things quite conservatively. And yeah, yeah 1200 is just sort of like if I can get that, I, I know. But like we have, I've gotten 1400 for one beds. Um, I yeah. really don't push it beyond that. Um, but bear in mind, these are, you know, this isn't like, 
a one bedroom condo or something. It's yeah, a bedroom it's like in a, a s- triplex or in a, you know, you know. Yeah. Do they get parking with that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Almost everything I have has parking. That was part of my criteria as well for some of the sell offs. Um, I do have one building that only has, it's an eight unit and it probably has five parking spaces. So not ideal, but I bought that eight unit building for 700,000. So I was like, this is fine. <laughs> you know, like I can rent a space from a neighbor, yeah. something like that and make it work. And do you have like, what's your criteria on a, is it a per unit price that you're looking to pay? Um, it's a lot of, it's, it's a really comes down to the burr calculation. Um, like what is the, like, I really don't focus too much on what the current rents are on the units. Like I just look at if I can afford to pay each tenant about 10 grand to turn them over. Generally, most people in time will accept an offer like that. It's pretty hard to say no to 10 grand. Is that, is that what you're getting to? I've paid a lot of people 10 grand. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. Oh yeah. Yeah. It sucks. But I've probably paid uh, upwards of quarter million in cash for keys at this point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so you're walk me through this negotiation process how do these people figure on 10 grand how do they um, figure so, they're getting it so if they first off if they if tenants aren't taking on a paralegal then it's just a bit of a you know here's the situation we'd really like to turn we'd really like to renovate this unit you know uh, you've been here a long time we can't really make a lot of sense of what the rents are here you know we're happy to pay you to move to another unit maybe we can offer you something else that's better renovated you know like oftentimes my portfolio will have something else in the portfolio you know that they can move into mm-hmm. their units generally not well renovated it's been they've been there 10 years because the previous owners never did anything we're not going to go in there and mm-hmm. got their unit while they're living there like here's an option we can move you here um and so oftentimes I w- if they're a good tenant i'll move them to another one of my buildings um if they're not a good tenant then it's like this is the option like try to find another you know unit elsewhere yeah we'll pay for your moving costs like we'll have movers come and take care of things for you we'll give you time you know like i don't care if it's four six months from now as long as i know it's happening it's mm-hmm. fine with me you know it doesn't have to be immediate so hi friends i just wanted to take a moment away from the episode to tell you about my brand new structured coaching program this is the first time i've ever offered a structured coaching program where we'll have regular meetings in addition to an intro call uh, to go through what your goals are and help you get on a plan to achieve those goals within real estate so if you followed me for some time and you feel that i would be a fit for you to help you achieve your goals in real estate based on my skill set based on the topics we cover on this show I encourage you to head over to my website, andrew-hines.com forward slash coaching and fill out the questionnaire so that we can schedule a call and figure out if it's a fit for us to work together. Let's face it, most people could benefit from a second set of eyes and ears going over their strategies, different deals that they're looking at and helping to springboard ideas back and forth. This is a program that's exactly for that. So if you're looking to build confidence in what you're doing in real estate investing and get very clear on what it is you're trying to accomplish, this might just be the program for you. Take a moment, fill out that questionnaire and let's schedule a chat. It, you know, it, it gives them a pretty reasonable play. Like oftentimes people are waiting for a catalyst in their lives, right? Mm-hmm. People, especially someone that's been renting the same place for 10, 15 years, like they'll probably be there the rest of their lives unless there's some sort of catalyst mm-hmm. uh, for change in their life. And um, this is often that cat. This is one of the so, catalysts. So, I mean, you come in and you offer the moving fees and they say, well, I don't really want to leave. Like, why would I want to, why would I want to Well, move? you start with a lower offer and then yeah. you kind of increase from there, right? So like, you know, sometimes yeah. we'll start with like 2,500 or five grand and then kind of go up from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not like I'll pay everyone 10. Like it mm-hmm. has to be a significant upside uh, potential. I have tenants that, 
you know, we'll only offer like a couple grand because like the units can only rent for a couple hundred dollars more a month. And, yeah. you know, at some point natural turnover will take place. But the, we know the value of getting these rents up when it comes to cap rates and, and just. Um, yeah. You know, well, it makes total sense. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't have my phone on me, but I think it was at a five cap if you had a hundred bucks. And what was it if you had a hundred? I don't know the income. rules of thumb. I, I, yeah. There, there yeah. is like a good it, it's a good chunk. Like you can a oh, yeah. hundred bucks a month works out to be like. It's a good chunk. I'll have to check that number in a in a in a moment. But people are just not comfortable with the idea of this injustice. It's worth more than the ten thousand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, people don't like paying this. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's a it's a large fee for people to to justify. I bet there's a business out there being the guy. Like I get people out of units. Like, well, I mean, it's kind of like <laughs> services like Adam, Adam for Kitchener hire. Was doing some of that, right? Like, Ten- <laughs> tenants for negotiate. Tenant negotiations. Yeah. Service for hire. Oh yeah. I should it's, start this. I've actually been pretty oh. pretty successful at it, not needing to do that much. You could you could talk to Adam Kitchener. He's been on here before, right? Like uh, no, like, no, yeah, okay, no. yeah. But, I have to- I have talked. Yeah, to him, he's done. He, he yeah. used to do a lot of that. He doesn't do it anymore, but that was what he did for a lot of people. You know, like talk to these tenants and. Yeah. have those uncomfortable conversations but i like to i mean it's better like the the rent eviction thing is probably still the way i would do it mm-hmm. um and i don't mean it in the way that ontario uh, yeah, yeah. tries to call it like a fully transparent a, 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 a legitimate n13 where you go in you 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 give them the notice and you say this obviously this stuff has to happen and then it's like it's the kyle ford approach once you get them out and they have the moving truck already there like what you just say move back right? you just say hey you know what why don't you just get yourself situated? What's it going to take for us to just get you situated somewhere new? Yeah. Oftentimes yeah. we will actually present the N13 as option one, right? Yeah. Like, like this is probably what yeah. we will we'll do if, you know, yeah. there isn't an acceptance of this N11, but like, yeah. you know, um, but like, we'd rather this be just a mutual agreement. We'll give you lots right. of time. I like the we, mutual agreement too. Yeah. So you get that in play. I've never done this. I heard Kyle say it. And ever since mm. then, I'm like, that's genius. And I know he still does that. But mm. well, actually, I don't know if he's still doing it to this day, but right. I know he uh, did it on a 12 unit at one point. Yeah. And other people have, have have sung that you know that methodology's praises too um i did so recently i had to get a, a tenant out i was selling a unit and yeah. uh the tenant you know they were paying an okay rent but i went to them and i said they were fortunately for me they were in a non-rent controlled oh yeah so i just went to them and said hey um so basically as of this date i can raise your rent to whatever i want yeah. and i'm like don't get me wrong i don't want to do that i hate having this conversation but i got some buyers and they will only buy this with this unit vacant yeah so uh here's what i got to do um you know can we work something out uh here's what i'm thinking and and then you know he he knew uh some people in the courthouse and he wanted to ask he came back to me he's like well i hear people getting fifty thousand dollars yeah and i'm like well i thought we were gonna have a serious conversation yeah 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 i'm like obviously i've had those and he argued with the laws with me and then i you know i'm going through the laws i sent it back i'm like take a look at this let me know if i've missed anything then that that stopped that conversation um so then once we agreed that yes as of september the rent would be whatever you know yeah um i just said let's just work this out um tell you what i'll cover the difference i'll give you a free month I'll cover the difference in rent if you agree to move out early before September. Right. Because, you know, we both know if I raise it to a number that doesn't make sense, you wouldn't stay anyway. Yeah. So um, let's make it a win-win. Let's let's just make it a win-win. And uh, we worked it out. They ended things in nice terms. They left they left the place nice and clean. And That's good. Yeah, yeah. You know, like just everybody being completely transparent. Nobody trying to lie or, you know, misrepresent anything. Um, that's the biggest thing where I think landlords get themselves into hot water and then get themselves put in a newspaper headline is when you try and mislead your tenants and try and pull the wool 
over their eyes or, or yeah. blow smoke. You know, and it, they, that's well, yeah, we never do like that. I'm moving yeah. in type stuff and or any of that. It's uh, it, it generally we always just want it to come down to mutual agreement. Yeah, mutual yeah. agreement. Like everybody just be transparent. Um, yeah. Express what your needs are. I've had other tenants. It was like, hey, I'm going to be selling this place. My realtor says that this place sells better vacant. Odds are if I sell this to somebody, they're going to want it vacant, too. Yeah. So you know what? Why don't we just work something out? You know, I'll cover some too. moving expense. I've had yeah. situations even where you say, where I say, like, look, I'm going to have to sell this building because the rents don't make sense here. Like, I can't make sense. And then sense they'll just move out. And then, well, and then I'll just say, like, if you're willing to pay oh, sorry, this I much guess. in rent, then, you know, then then oftentimes like, OK, we'd rather stay. Yeah. And I have tenants to this day that, that their rent increased. They went from 800, which they knew made no sense for a two bedroom um, because the previous owners was their parents or, or their yeah, sister yeah. or whatever. And then and then uh, I said, like, if you'll pay 1200 for this, like. I, I can, can make sense it, of it, yeah. and they to this day still pay that. It's amazing what you can do when you reason with people. Because my my buddy, he was in a place in Toronto paying a much under market rent because yeah. he'd been there for many years, and his landlord kept talking to him. And I've, I'm of course telling him, I'm like, well, you know, the law says you don't have to pay him anything more than their allowable increase, yeah. increase like the two percent. Yeah. He's like, I know, but he keeps calling me and he's like, look, man, like, you know, this isn't a reasonable rent. He's like, we just said, OK, fine. And they let him increase. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so funny. I've had a like, few like that. They're just like, come on, like, yeah. like this is this is unreasonably low. Can you pay something more reasonable? And sometimes they will. Yeah. I, I mean, at this point now, I'm, I'm not self-managing anymore. So yeah. those conversations are being had by my property managers. I have had paralegals handle the conversations as well. There's a lot of people who aren't just aren't able or willing to have these conversations with tenants themselves. So even if you're self-managing, you can have a paralegal handle that conversation for you. You know, it's going to be done hundred percent legally at that point because they have to. Oh um, yeah. But you know, I mean, I, properly. I generally think if you have to go to the lawyers, it's like, yeah. that could have been avoided. That's the problem. And, yeah. and if you do, if you have a paralegal, sometimes they'll, they'll get their own paralegal. And then generally what the other paralegal says is ask for 10 grand. That tends to be their, like yeah. their go-to to ask for 10 grand, you know? See, and I, that I would, I would prefer to avoid, but I mean, yeah, it is a tough thing. Sure. Like if you're just coming up to them and saying, I want you to go, like, I think 10, 10 grand makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah. If I were in their shoes, I'd probably say that. And like when I'm, but when I'm looking at acquisitions these days, I just budget for it. I just say, yeah. okay, I like, you know, this is a triplex. I'm going to also add 30 grand in potential mm -hmm. cash for keys here. You know, like, you know, you, there's a lot, if you get the, if you get a good enough deal, you can make total sense of this and it makes the project go a whole lot more predictably, you know? When's the last acquisition? Like when did you buy or what did you buy? Yeah, my, my most recent burr that's been completed because I, I bought all those, but some of them are still in the process. Um, I had one eight unit building, uh, it came with two vacant units. Um, and we turned all the others, we turned all eight, we turned the other six over. Um, we probably paid, uh, some of them four or five grand. And then the last two or three, we had to pay like 10 grand. <laughs> so that was a lot of cash for keys to get that one out. Yeah. Like say, say, what would that be? Say like almost 50 grand kind of thing. Well, I'm just getting this up queued up and then I'll, yeah. I'll take down some numbers. Give me one second here. Yeah. And yeah, uh, this this was one of my best burrs I've done in a while. And it's nice to have these year after year because, you know, since 2016, when I started investing, you know, we talk back, we, we refer back to deals I'd done in the past. You can listen to previous episodes and yeah. people go, oh, well, the, the prices were lower at that point or whatever. But like, it's nice to have another deal that I've done yeah. recently that once again is a great deal, you know? Um, oh, yeah. that This is what <laughs> I want to hear. Okay. So, so tell me again. So it was an eight unit. It's an eight unit building in London. It? Yeah. Okay. And uh, you said two units were vacant. Two were vacant. Okay. So what did what did you pay for it? I paid six hundred thousand. <laughs> six hundred. <laughs> Is this like off market or? This what? was on market. 
I know none of this makes any sense to people, but um, this was in 2021. Um, it was uh, an eight-unit building sitting on the MLS, uh, sat for a month. They listed it at 750, which even that is a ridiculously low price. That's all right, yeah. Um, they they didn't have any photos on the listing. Um, it looks like a little. It looks doesn't look like an eightplex from yeah. the front, right? Um, but so it's not purpose built. It's it's not purpose built, but it has eight yeah. one bedroom apartments. You know, four. I think it's four in the basement, four in the main floor. They're all like the same layout. So I don't know what the deal is. Like it, it almost seems a, quite, it almost feels purpose-built when you're in there, but I'm not all sure right. what the history of it is. So a good purpose-built. Okay, so what yeah. What do we have for reno and, and cash for keys to get that whole thing? Did you turn the whole thing over? We turned all eight over, yeah. So reno and cash for keys, what's the all in? At most 400,000. I, I should look at my tax return now and see because yeah. I would have added it all So up about a million me. bucks, including carrying costs I mean, for about a million, yeah. 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 All right, so you're all in for a million and let's just uh i'm just clearing this stuff out and what do you figure it's worth it reappraised at 1.75 1750 so for you like that's that's a huge lift you're talking huge. <laughs> 750 thousand dollars equity, equity gain, gain. yeah, yeah. Equity yeah. Gain. Wow. <laughs> all right what do, what do you got it rented for um we got i think we got 11 50 or no, yeah 1150 for the basement one beds so 1150 times four yeah and then 1250 for the the main floor one beds and they're all plus hydro plus those so those are four as well yeah all right so so nine thousand six hundred for the building yeah, yeah all right yeah plus hydro and we have one boiler uh yeah. that heats all the units um and it's a combination boiler tankless um, okay so it's one unit that mounts, oh, mounts yeah, on the Oh, yeah, I remember you sharing about this. Yeah, yeah that's cool. I have a bunch of those yeah. in my buildings at this point, but it's, uh, it heats, yeah, it's residential hot water and uh, heat for No the, air conditioning in these units? No, they'd put okay. window shakers yeah, in. Okay. Yeah. What's uh, what's the property tax on this building? I, I don't have, I, I could pull it up, but it's low. Like it's low because this is in Soho in London. So yeah. it's like an old neighborhood. Is it like five grand a year? Probably or less. Like, like four grand? Yeah, probably. It's very low. Yeah. All right. That sounds I, great. <laughs> and your taxes on that are about like three grand a year or something? Um, that's what, we, we, isn't that what you just asked? The taxes or? Oh, sorry, sorry, insurance. Insurance? Apologize. Yeah. Brain not working quite right. I, I should, let me just grab yeah. my numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought my brain wasn't working there. Hang on. <laughs> Let me just pull up because I got it all here. Um, okay, so insurance on that is actually twenty five seventy eight a year, which is crazy low. That seems really low. It's, it is. It's legitimately what I paid in twenty twenty two. It's probably going to go up a bit now. Insurance is going just up. just like the replacement cost is is going to get higher and higher. Like because even though you only paid. Uh, is what did you pay 600 600 like that's less than replacement cost on that building you yeah. can't rebuild that building for 600 i negotiated the insurance i, I compared a few rates and i and i negotiated yeah. it down but th this is also a you know um what is it like an umbrella insurance policy so that's yeah. the that's the rate for this building but like the first building in this umbrella policy has a higher rate and then the rest yeah. are lower from there. Oh, okay. So you get it. You get it. Yeah. And yeah. I've, I've done that too. Yeah. Um, but I don't recall getting anything that cheap, but yeah, so that's great. All of mine are quite low. That's oh. great. No, that makes sense. If you're, if you're putting a bunch on it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and then property taxes, actually this one is higher than I thought. This one's 11,590 for property tax. Good thing we double checked. That yeah. One. Because the reason is anything over seven units with MCAT it starts getting real expensive. They, they count it as a multi-unit building or the, whatever yeah. the terminology is. And almost every single city in Ontario is then going to do a significantly higher multiplier on the appraised value. It's it's yeah. so as soon as you, so six unit buildings, great property taxes. As soon as you get to seven, yeah. it almost doubles. 
Ah. There's, it's it's like it's a nightmare. As soon as like seven unit buildings are like the the opposite of a sweet spot. Yeah. Um, and this is eight, so it starts to get a little better. But like seven is a terrible number. Oh, for, okay. For, yeah. And this is like good to know. Ontario and I, I've wide. seen you post on that. Before, yeah. So that's that's good to know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I literally I have an eleven plex that has seven units on one side and four on the other, uh, because it's like two addresses. And one side's property taxes is double the other, uh, or more than double the other side, maybe triple the other side. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's and it's just because there's just seven units on one and four on the other. So, so you, you might you that. might be better off just amalgamating uh, smaller merging units, units. In, merging yeah, together. or or expanding, like getting to the point yeah. where now it has eight nine units. Like if you can yeah, add units, yeah. then it starts to make more sense. But because so you're saying it's not going to go up as much like per right. unit. No, because yeah, the big jump is at seven. The big jump starts at seven. It's yeah. a it's a multiplier of on the value of the property. Um, and I used to I don't have the numbers on me, but like it's almost it almost ends up doubling it. Wow. Yeah, it's significant. Very, very interesting. Uh, yeah. Maintenance, I mean, I have 5%, 5 yeah. in here, which is like 57, 60 yeah. a year. Does that, that cover it generally for you? Well, yeah, because I, I, these you are all fully everything. renovated. Yeah. yeah, so you're not new, totally new necessarily... Like if you wanted to amortize the cost of a uh, new boiler in 20 years, you might add it to there or do like a replacement allowance. Yeah, you uh, could. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I, I would might change. Well, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to dive too deep into that right now. Uh, okay, so utilities, what are you paying on an annual there, you figure? Um, just hide. I, I only have to pay the gas and the water. Um, my actuals in 2022 was for water and hydro total was water and hydro total was 7538 um, and but then I don't know what it'll be. Anything for gas? Um, gas, I have forty nine fifty six. Forty nine fifty six. Okay, so twelve thousand four hundred ninety four for everything. The hydro should be lower now, right? Because this was this was like when everything was together. Year, we were still renovating, and, and there was tenants. Okay, so we'll say yeah. maybe it'll be like six thousand next year as a conservative estimate. Sure. Or you, well, we could play with it. Yeah, we'll call it six thousand. Um, okay, and then management. What are you allowing for management? So I do. We do six point six. It's six point six percent. But my my managers don't charge leasing fees, so okay. you could basically call it five percent, like like, like typical. People but I like to five. include the yeah. leasing, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I I always hated cool. how people wouldn't include that. Yeah. Well, you don't pay that every year. Well, if we do it roughly every other every three years, let's just divide that fee by yeah. you know three years and add it in. Yeah. This is just flat. Yeah. Six point six. So A landscaping and snow. Um, I don't have those numbers um handy. Do you know what ballpark I, you typically pay? Like, um, is it a hundred a month or something? like Probably that? Probably like the season for gra grass. Maybe maybe it'd be like seven hundred bucks for the season or yeah. something like that. This this property has a giant backyard. It might be higher. It might be like nine hundred because yeah. it is a huge. It's a hundred feet by two hundred feet. This oh, okay, lot. so we we'll allow a little bit more for that, and then snow. If you have a bigger parking lot, it tends to be a bit more. Yeah, yeah, not a huge parking lot, but yeah, um, I don't know what the snow is. I, I can't recall. Call it like a thousand? Sure. Yeah. It's it's more it's more than I'd like. Snow removal is like the it's the worst having to Just pay that the bill. Worst. <laughs> I'm gonna be All getting right. my handyman doing it next year. All right. So miscellaneous, I'll just leave. Uh, I'll put a 500 in there because it's a little bit bigger building. What, what yeah. about garbage and and all that? We have a dumpster on this. Yeah. So um, you have a monthly cost for that. It's 25 bucks. Yeah. A month. A, a month with disposal <laughs> yeah we we pay a little bit i think we pay a little bit more for them to come twice a week so Wait, the nice the nice thing about this is they come twice a week and charge you 25 a month it ends up being another like couple dollars per unit per year like it ends up being almost an irrelevant amount more for them to come twice a week and we like them coming twice a week to keep people from picking is this municipal pickup it's municipal yeah so the municipal dump truck comes twice a week. yeah yeah. And that's why it only costs you 25 bucks. It's yeah, exactly. Because that couldn't even possibly no, cover it makes, their it gas. No, it makes no sense. But 
I like to think that that's coming out of the giant property tax bill. <laughs> All right. I think you're accurate that it is. Yeah. 300 bucks a year for a dumpster. It's super cheap. We actually yeah. use it for renovation materials. We're not supposed to, but we, we tend to put a lot of like we tend to fill those up pretty good. I love it. <laughs> Saves us some dump fees. Yeah, this, this, this was the first time that I've had dumpsters. This building, my 11, my 24 um maybe one other building we have dumpsters now and they're awesome <laughs> it is so, wonderful having yeah, a dumpster. tenants move out we just throw it on the dumpster wonderful no, having yeah. a dumpster yeah. <laughs> so 175 oh is your new uh value so at that value you're like a 4.16 cap rate yeah honestly i don't even use cap rates very much oh no yeah. i'm just thinking oh, like the, the appraiser yeah, yeah, yeah. If the appraiser like i know you're not uh, yeah. when you what you bought it at i didn't even calculate yeah uh, i'm just saying like for the appraiser to give you that value based on this income this appraised, this was probably six months ago or maybe a little mm. more than six months ago it appraised. So this was a little, this, Still, was, bef- this was before the, the values have gone down more recently, right? So it's Still, probably worth a little though, less. Still though, like, yeah, for them to go, like, that's aggressive. That's like 2021 cap rates right there. Yeah, uh, and and I don't know what the uh, what the expenses were on the appraisal report. Well, the stuff, appraisal right? report like, might have had different expenses. Yeah. Like he might not have thought some things were as much. And yeah, um, they, sometimes they'll do like three percent for yeah. for for ma- for management. Uh, they'll go yeah. as low as three oh, percent yeah, for sure. And, for sure. So you tend you try to push appraisal yeah. values, right? Hundred um, percent. No, yeah. I, I would do the same. So, uh, what did you do for a mortgage? Did you get a full seventy five? Yeah, I did on the acquisition, um, and I and oh, on the refi, okay. I did not. You I did got not fifty five. 55% on the refi. That's what I wanted to know. So you're, but you're still pretty much in for nothing. You're yeah. in for a bit. It was like, still about a perfect burr, even yeah. at 55% loan to value on the refi. So if I'm uh, correct here, well, well, what was your interest rate on? Um, I got 4.9. It was just, Ooh. it was the timing I got. I, I got it. I had it locked in for 90 days and they gave me a decent, they gave me a decent rate. So beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So I'm getting like a $530 a month cash flow. Does that yeah. Make sense? Yeah. That sounds about right. Actually. Yeah. yeah. Right around there. Yeah. Yeah. So is this one in your mind, like it's one of those ones that'll just grow over time. Like yeah. those, those rents are going to keep going up. Like it sounds to me like you rent out. We rent low. We rent low. I mean, this is, bear in mind, this is an older, this isn't the best neighborhood in London. It's not, it's fine. Is this all Soho? This is so, this one's in Soho. Uh, Some of them are in Woodfield. Um, So some of them are in Woodfield's like uh, um, east of downtown, but not as far as Old East. Um, East of downtown. So it's, it's a, Woodfield is an awesome neighborhood to own in in London. Um, I never thought I'd actually be able to make sense of the numbers in that neighborhood. It's one of those. Okay. Um, but it, but I have been able to make sense of it for, for my 24 and my 11 unit. Um, but this like one, which street would, would qualify? Princess, Princess Ave. Um, okay. Okay. Princess. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. This one's um, on South Street in London, this eight plex. Okay. Um, but it's a, it's a 100 feet by 200 feet lot, and we actually have a pre-application in right now to build a 12plex on the same lot. Just in the backyard? Behind the 8plex. Oh, dude. Without having so to how, buy any land. Are you working with an urban planner? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, who'd you hire? Uh, uh, um, Zelinka? Zelinka. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've worked with them in the past. Yeah. 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 Very cool. So w- curious, like what kind of budget do you, uh, do you have to allow for that type of a project with, for, the, with for, a planner? Oh, um, it was, it was, I think I I talked to him and I know that the total cost I'd have to expect if I was to do a build minus the build, like just minus the the build cost. Yeah. Just just all the fees, like their city stuff. I think their fees would be like 16 grand kind of thing. Okay. So they're 16, but then you're going to have engineering consultants 50 uh, for the engineering consultants and then like, I don't even know. I've never built a building before. This is, yeah. I mean, I would assume I'm, I'm into like 
Well, you're I'll, not I'll doing any roads. You. <laughs> you're not into any roads. So, it, but no. you would have to bring service into the backyard. So you have to cut into your road. Yeah, and, this is all going to be brand new to me. If this and, gets approved, in, a, in hoping that they have sewage capacity. So they've done a pre consultation yeah. with the city They're, already. We're doing a pre. Yeah, we've done one. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't heard back yet. So I, you, key I, thing: ask sewage capacity. Do yeah. you have it? Because okay. if they don't have it, you could end up like just being basically you could maybe they'll let you start but you couldn't get occupancy uh, okay. like you wouldn't be able to occupy it until they had the capacity right yeah um, or they might not they... let you get a building permit at all like right. they'll approve you and they'll just say as soon as we have capacity then you can go uh, okay yeah i know that one one thing yeah. I, is that they're allowing as low as 0 0.5 parking spaces per unit oh, okay that's was, new which is pretty handy um because yeah. i don't have enough for 20 parking spaces on this lot i have yeah. enough for about 10 so um so not all the not all the units would have parking but i don't have to buy land which no, is pretty nice <laughs> like and you probably do quite well because you're on brand new units like they're gonna and i'll be my own builder for it if this goes through like yeah. um you know i i have enough contacts that i should build a hand yeah, yeah it'll, be a learning, it'll be a learning curve so would you do three framed three-story framed probably a three-story walk up yeah, yeah i framed yeah i this is again i've never done this i mean uh -huh. I've, I've done renovate i've done extensive renovations on all my buildings yeah. but i've never built a building from scratch so oh that's brand new so cool yeah yeah so you already approved. get your survey done uh or you just, just like, you're just doing pre-consultation just the pre-consultation it's so literally no just survey, like yeah. a top-down picture of like where the building would yeah, be where the so, parking would be so zelenka just did that they just yeah. did a, a site plan we paid like i paid yeah. like 2500 bucks so far in yeah. fees to just see what's happening that's such a see this is the way in my mind development works like you have the land already the land already covers itself yeah. and now it's just a play i'm, I'm and I'm if you win the so play pumped, yeah. you could literally if you wanted just sell the whole thing to somebody and make yep. a profit yeah it'd be yeah. 20 units total on this yeah. lot at that point yeah um, there was a there was a 15 unit building i was looking at last year that had mm. the potential to build three fourplexes on the same land so mm. same kind of stuff like that's mm. when i would consider building is like if i'm yeah. buying a building the building makes sense itself and there's room to build more on that land like yeah great right it's it's free land at that point um but yeah development's never been my intention but i mean if i have the opportunity to do it without having to buy land i'll i'll take it <laughs> that's amazing man. yeah that that was that was probably my one of my best deals ever um definitely one of my best deals ever it was the most equity i've ever I've ever made on a building, you know, three quarters of a million, like, yeah. Um, in it was, it, it took about a year, you know, we had to, yeah. like, between getting all the turnovers and stuff, but, um, and just worked with a credit union, no partners, no, uh, you know, like it allowed me to pay off private yeah. loans and just come out clean. So, so yeah. I just, I just ran the numbers on this one j just so we have context. Mm. Cause like, like you said, like, you know, our, our deal's still working today. So 37,500 uh, is what your net investment is. So if we put that in 37,500 just as a total invested, and I know it's not exact, like mm. you're going to be within, you know, probably 10 or $20,000 of that. That's like 171% return on right, investment, yeah. like 16.9% cash on cash. Those are great numbers, right? I, like, I never look at return on investment because I'm yeah. always I'm always just trying to get all my money out. So it's it's uh, yeah. Well, if you get all your money out, like it's it's hard to quantify your investment because your investment is also time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Like you for can't. Sure. You know that's hard to quantify. Were you tracking every hour you thought about it, worked no, on it? Exactly. And that's why it's not it exactly even, as simple like, as that. And the more I've realized over the years is is time is time is only one thing. It's mental bandwidth that really matters. You know, the more which we were talking about right when you got in here. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you've yeah. got builds, you've got the podcast, you've got all sorts of... Yeah, yeah like if somebody wants to feel overwhelmed by, <laughs> by me. So Florida builds, I got camp opening, just bought a new resort, got the development in Sarnia. Uh, I'm financial controller for all my businesses, although I delegate just about anything else. If, if it's a yeah. phone call, I just tell my assistant to make it. Like, unless it's right. somebody I need to speak with myself. Yeah. Um, and somehow, yeah, I still find myself very, very busy. Uh, I, I'm, <laughs> I very, <laughs> I'm very fortunate that I have, like, I get to work from home. I'm flexible. And yeah, I'm yeah. here in the office right now. But yeah, it can be a little bit. It's uh, a lot. It, it, it takes reflection from me probably on a weekly basis at very least, like, Okay, how can I get some of this off my plate? Yeah, because well, I you enjoy have a son, you have a son now too, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> and like I'm not like <laughs> at the end of the yeah. day, I'm still home for five o'clock, and I'm still you know with my son in the middle of the day sometimes. Yeah, like I have great. that flex. Yeah, but I would also prefer to just be you know raking it in and not doing everything. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's my goal, right? Like I, I'm, I have a property manager, I have a GC, so really my day to day at this point is very little um I, I do coaching and mentorship to keep me busy right but like yeah. otherwise i'm i my my projects are i'm not i don't i live in london my projects are in london and i still don't even go to the site yeah you've done more and more i've seen in the last four years just more and more to delegate yourself yeah. out of the job yeah. and i remember talking to you what was it last time you're like well what else can I delegate? Because I think I told you. Oh, you really? Just, I'm like, yeah, you should just have somebody else manage that. You're like, well, what else am I going to do with my time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I'm having fun with the coaching, so it's, it allows me to just like yeah. help other people with that sort of thing. But I'm, but I, I mean, we we yeah. traveled 2022. We traveled. We were in Norway uh, for three weeks, Australia for a month, New Zealand for two weeks. We did uh, Costa Rica. Um, this is in one year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, if you look at my, it's absurd. We, and we did a month. I, I was sort of watching because you don't post, but uh, you know the people you went with do. Yeah, and Angie, I, Angie I, posts a lot. My fiance. We we yeah. uh, we were in Costa Rica recently. That was when I where I proposed. So we've got we've got the wedding coming up later this year. We're probably gonna have kids at some point. So like, I really want. I've always been trying to build a lifestyle business, and and I want it to be something that I can kind of come in and out of as needed. Yeah. Um, and and like having a GC, having contractors. And just buying apartment buildings, it's the the sweet it's the it's the best sweet spot I could find in terms of me. First off, I think doing one of the best and highest uses of my you know, my time, which is buy, growing my assets under management, sticking with long term rentals, burring, keeping my tax burden down, and having very little work to do. It, it allows me to continue. Just maybe I'll buy an apartment building a year. I yeah, mean, that's and are you great, doing it in right? corporations now, or is it still all personal? I do have a corp now. I have a three tiered corporate structure now. Yeah. So did you get rid of everything in your personal name? I've this year. Uh, last year, I got rid of. I, I moved a whole bunch. I used bear trust agreements and Section eighty five rollovers and got properties out of my personal name into my corp. Sold some in my personal name. Mm -hmm. I had a three hundred eighty thousand dollar tax bill to pay when I sold yeah. a bunch. Uh, that was a terrible bill to pay. Um, it's ugly. Yeah, it was ugly. But I'm down by the end of this year, I should have one property in my personal name, and that's the house I live in, uh, which I want to keep yeah. there for principle. It's a triplex that I live in. So, <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. Get it all out of my name. I, you know, like the Section 85 roll rollovers are nice for, you know, if you structure them properly, all you have to pay is land transfer tax. You don't have to pay capital gains. Um, but, and that, it, that's assuming there was a bear trust agreement in place. This is without with. a bear trust agreement. So Section 85 rollover. Oh, that's when you sell yourself shares and you, you, you transfer the property um, and then you take pay back land shares tax. for it. Right. I don't know if shares are. I don't know. Because I, mean, I talked I have, to my accountant about doing this and he's like, well, you have to do a fair market value on the property today. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. do some of that, but it's based on you. You can. I think there's a very strong argument for the fair market value being lower if you haven't refinanced. 
and yeah, that's and that's yeah. I think that's how it works. I'm not even sure. I have my lawyer yeah. and my accountant handle it, but um, you know, I use I use Cherry Chan and 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 yeah, it's I've, I've basically just been paying land transfer taxes for most of these um, to mm-hmm. move them over, and then bear trust agreement is just legal fees and accounting mm-hmm. fees. Um, and what's the bear trust agreement used for? The bear trust agreement, I use it for any properties that I realized shortly after buying that I should have bought it in my corp. Okay. Um, and so you can only really do that if it's like oh, been okay. like so 12 what, months or less. So yeah, if you haven't yet filed a tax, you could just yeah. say, I'm holding this in trust for my yeah, Actually, I bought this in my corp, but I used my personal name yeah. to qualify. So what, what <laughs> I mean, as, as far as the credit union goes that you work with, I think you work with Libro, is it? Uh, mostly, but I've been yeah. working with others now. Main Street and, and Meridian are good options. And so if Libro doesn't play ball, is there, is there a time where they don't? Uh, absolutely. Because uh, I would think they just want to keep your, winning your business. So this la- you'd think, I have 9 million in mortgages with them. Um, yeah. But I recently had my 24 unit building. I ran into I ran into stress because it was variable, mm-hmm. and the mortgage payment went up eight thousand dollars a month. Um, uh. So I went okay. Uh, that sucks. And then now the property loses money. Luckily, everything else makes money except for one. But like for the most part, it's just that building that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the mortgage went from two point four. You did a variable on a 24 unit? I know, it's stupid. That's a good no, lesson. no, I just, I'd never hear of people doing that. Well, you probably shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it yeah. was, uh, that was a great lesson learned. Um, yeah, so that, so. <laughs> so they didn't like it when they did the review on it. Well, no, it, was it wasn't even money. that. I, I was doing my own review and went, I yeah. don't like this. Um, yeah. So I, I went and I made a pitch for converting it to interest only for mm-hmm. a year. And I made a business case for it and said, look, I've done everything a competent investor could do with this building. I've turned eight of the 24 units over so far. You know, we've we've done a, we've done exterior renovations to make it look nice, attract better tenants. Uh, we're in the process of t- continuing to turn more units over um, and it still loses money. So I've done everything co- and I bought it at a great price. I bought it for 152 a unit. I thought that yeah. was a pretty reasonable price. Um, we've we replaced the boilers to get the gas, pr- you know, everything down, right? Um, and it's still losing money, so let, can we convert this to interest only for now, so I can continue turning more units over, and in a year from now it should. Be you good. asked them for that, and and they approved it. Libro, yeah, yeah. But because they did that, they didn't want to exactly. Give you so else. then they're like, well, if we're gonna do this, we're not gonna loan more. So now it's yeah. like, cool, I'll just so work f- with a different credit. So union. fix this. <laughs> it's basically fix this, and then we'll talk about more yeah. mortgages. And I'm yeah. sure that I could probably make a case for it, but yeah. they're just like, well, for now, you know, because you show that the, you know. Yeah, we're not going to do that and then also loan you more money. So, yeah, but like it makes, you know, I know that I'm better off at this point just going to different credit unions. So I've been doing that and I'm actually getting better DCRs and, and I'm realizing there's actually better options. So Main Street, anyway. I met with them at one point. Main they Street's an right. awesome option right yeah. now. Yeah. That was Dan Warren introduced yeah. me to them. They were not yeah. a good option when I looked into them in the past, uh, okay. but as of recently, they're more aggressive. Um, and uh, Meridian is another option that's more they're available. Big, they're big. Yeah. And they're available in a lot more cities. So for a lot of listeners. They're know. all over Ontario. Yeah. yeah. Well, I shouldn't say all over, but they're big. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, this, all of this gets me, you know, gets interest rates down, gets, you know, cash out refinances. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's what I've been doing this last while is just, you know, for a year, I haven't bought anything. It's been stabilizing. You know, I bought enough that I shouldn't buy yeah. more for a while and just stabilize. <laughs> so probably six or eight months yeah. from now, I'll be in an acquisition phase again. But is this just, is this just like for entertainment value at this point? Do you still feel the need to grow or is it like if you're not growing, you're shrinking? Um, no, I, I feel, I know that I could just hold and I'd feel like it's still growing in the long run. Having a large number of assets under management, even at 3% interest or 3% appreciation per year yeah. is crazy, right? Yeah. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it and um, I think it's just like, 
Mm-hmm. I have that entrepreneur brain where, I, I, yeah, I, I, I want to continue. I want things to be getting, I want things to be getting bigger and growing and improving. And so yeah. I, have, I have fun with it. And, and also like, um, you know, I have the business set up in such a way that like adding a new building is, is not really any more work for me. I mean, it's, it's calling. Yeah, some it's all in and, the same, the same neighborhoods, the same people who do your handiwork. Yep. Like at this point, my, is it just your manager that has the handyman? No, like, I have my own GC. So I am managing my GC, but there's really, so not when they much. say there's something that needs to be fixed, you send your guy over. Uh, they contact each other. Um, oh, you so, just say talk to them if they need. Yeah, anything. my my yeah. property manager once every couple of weeks or every month they give them a, they give my handyman a list of things. He yeah. goes around and fixes them all in a day or two and uh, batches it all. Um, At what point did you delegate the the management? That was about a year ago. I was in Costa Rica. I, I had I had given them actually. So when I bought the fifty one units, immediately they took over management. So none of those tenants know I own the building. It's owned in my corp, so no one knows my name. Um, yeah, and so. Uh, I was really happy with how that was going. I was still self-managing the other half of my portfolio or whatever it was. Um, and then I was in Costa Rica and we were going surfing and I, and I was getting texts from tenants and I was like, no, nah, that's, that's enough of this. So I they, yeah. they decided they're going to take over. Uh, I think, management. I think especially like in some of that, like the lower income and there's, you know, nothing wrong with people who rent those type of places, but sometimes the issues that come up, oh yeah, you wouldn't necessarily want them having your number. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And I've had tenants like that where, yeah, I, I you know, it, it can become a safety issue at times. Like mm-hmm. we've had, I've had drug dealers and also I've, I've had anything you could name. Um, I've found bodies like in units, like when like t- tenants that have passed away in units. You found a dead body. In yeah. Unit. Yeah. You walked in on it. Yep. Yeah, I actually was like almost expecting it when I opened the door because I hadn't heard from the guy. I was self managing at the time, and I hadn't heard the guy heard from the guy in um, in a while. He always paid his rent on time because it was like four hundred dollars, and so he always made sure to pay. And uh, I hadn't heard from him in a while, and and uh, some of the other tenants in the building are like, "Have you seen this guy around?" I was like, "No," and they're like, "You should check in the unit." And I was like, "Oh no!" So I kind of like slowly opened the door and looked in, and I, and saw some feet and closed the door and and uh, feet on the ground. And just close oh, like just laying on the ground. Yeah. So I, I didn't just see the, the whole door. body. No, I didn't want to. Oh <laughs> uh, man. So I just called the police immediately and, and, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen, I've seen like, I don't know. I basically needles. Oh, shoveling needles out of units. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you can get into that kind of stuff. Like people who are doing some very hard drugs. Oh uh, yeah. We've, I've, yeah. There's been people cooking on spoons on the stovetop and also like, yeah, the thing is, is like, these buildings now are great buildings. So they're in location. But you had to churn that out yeah. of there, right? They have we have people that make more than I ever made them at their day jobs. You know, like that live in some of these buildings now. Like so, the neighborhood's really changing. And uh, so, Old East is really good um, overall for finding good tenants. At least um, mm-hmm. COVID made everything worse, but um, you can still get great tenants in Old East Village in in Soho as well, and indefinitely in Woodfield. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't found it to be an issue getting quality tenants in any of these neighborhoods. It's tougher during the transition time when these buildings mm-hmm. still have half the building or still rougher tenants. But we yeah. tend to we tend to work on the roughest tenants first. You approach them first about yeah because out. well they're they're causing problems the most problems so we try to will yeah. that still be you that that does that uh, that has those conversations? No, I don't have any of those conversations. So now you'll let the, the management my property do it? managers take care of it all. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, if you're trying to negotiate cash for keys, they do that. Yeah, they're gonna do that. Yep, I you trust pay them, them a fee. Uh, no, I don't actually. They're happy to get the units turned because over they want to make more on it. They get anyway. better tenants. They make more money. They yeah, so less, they're they're interested in doing our this our, al- our interests are aligned, uh, yeah. and so is my my general contractor. So 
because he wants more work and he likes, you know, he likes to do good work. So he knows I'm going to give him more. So I've had, he's worked for me for years now. And mm -hmm. it's awesome because I don't have any partners, but I feel like I have partners. Yeah. You have a, the team, right? That, have, that's, and we have our, that's part line. of the, yeah. It's that's, awesome. So this guy, like, where did you, uh, you start working with him? Like just on your smaller he, stuff? Uh, he was my junk removal guy originally. Um, and he you just literally asked him if he just, can help you with some stuff? And then one day I was, uh, yeah, there was like the subfloor needed to be replaced in one of my units. And he was like, I could do that for you if you want. And I was like, okay, we'll give it a try. Cause like it's subfloor. You, you can't really How screw bad it up. can you screw yeah. it up? <laughs> and then like eight hours later, the whole unit was done. And it was like him and a couple guys that came and did it. And it was, and I had my other guy come take a look and he said, yeah, it was a quality job. And I was like, okay, what else can this guy do? And so I, I was slowly expanding that. And now he does everything except for like, you know, uh, like some, you know, plumbing or electrical and like some of that kind of stuff. My, I still have an HVAC guy, an electrician. Yeah, which you should. Yeah. Yeah, that makes he sense. He does do the boarding, mudding and taping and everything, um, which, you know, and which works out fine. I think that like I'd probably have it makes sense more really to have a mutter, but it's nice to have the same guy doing the framing, the boarding yeah. and the mudding because no one complains about the jobs before them. Yeah. You know, like for the border complaining about the yeah. frame job, the mutter is complaining about the Is mud and tape uh, okay? It's or? fine. It's, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like you look like you might notice it's a couple of spots yeah. after a unit. It's not professional. Whole unit's done. Yeah. It's not like, no, but these are older buildings and, yeah. and, and you never, like yeah. no one would ever really notice. I would notice. That's but, a real art. Yeah. Know, yeah. But these aren't brand new condos or I think that like people really underestimate or pe people people know that they should be strategic about renovations. They know they shouldn't over improve. Yeah. But but I don't I don't find people taking action on that properly. I think that it's just something everyone's like, oh, yeah, of course, I know what burring is. I know what over improving is and I shouldn't do it. People understand the concepts, but I don't think they're applying them right. Yeah. Um, the projects people take on aren't good burr projects. A lot of the times the renovations they're doing aren't as strategic as they should be. Um, people understand these concepts at a high level, but they aren't applying them uh, properly. Well, it's easy to know the theory. Yeah. And like coming from a you know, guy who went to business school, like right. I felt entrepreneurially useless, even though I literally taught a right. case based course on entrepreneurship. Yeah. It's just like when you act, when it actually comes to you, it's so easy to look at others yeah. and evaluate. But when in your own fog. <laughs> yeah, I did computer it's, science. It's difficult. I remember like, you know, college students yeah. being able to take computers apart and put them back together. And I was meanwhile, I was like, well, I could tell you all the theory behind that processor and whatever, but I couldn't take a computer. So I had to learn that mm. stuff on my own. Right. Like I would just. Yeah. All right, let's buy an old computer. And I just take did it apart, that as a kid. Know? I just took them apart. Oh, yeah. I built computers as a kid. But it's just like the college versus university yeah. thing. Right. Like and I think that like people understand a lot of the theory, but not the application. I think it's the same with real estate. Like people yeah. understand they've listened, they've done enough webinars. So give me an example of how you don't over improve. Because I think that you do have a knack for this very clearly because you, you do enough to get them rented for a good price. Right. You, you have a good enough team that you can weed out the bad tenants. I think that like, you know, at a high level, you can have people where the finishes like they do a great they do a, a good enough job where the finishes aren't impeccable but it's in a neighborhood that it doesn't need to be impeccable yeah and you can get the job done for you know half the cost per hour kind yeah. of thing some well, of that what finishes isn't good you're, you're talking like trim your, your baseboard and, trim isn't perfectly yeah cut. things like that um yeah. like i've had unfortunately like you know like yeah like maybe sometimes tile is like a little out of like now nowadays i have a good tile guy actually because i didn't want to deal with that hmm. um maybe like yeah, it's mostly like trim, maybe pa like some of the like the mudding was a good example. Sure. Um, you know, I'll run into the occasional issue that I'll need to come make like I've had laminate countertops where they don't rip the they don't rip it properly and it's kind of mangled at the end. And then, and then I, I want them to actually fix it and then you got to pay for them to fix it. So like there's some of the little bit. Sometimes there's some back and forth, but you get I, I get rentals done for 
you know, probably 60% of the cost of a lot of people. So, yeah, because um, you have one guy that just yeah, takes care of it. One guy and a crew of like, you know, sometimes and he, just some he grunts, shows up right? for you. Like how he long? He works for me seven days a week, like almost seven. Like so he doesn't really have any other clients? No, he doesn't. He works full time for me. Yeah, more than full But as a subcontractor? As a sub, yeah. I don't have any employees. Um, I just have like, well, I have a video editor, but I, uh, this is all just like. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like he might be. Uh, a candidate to become your employee at one point. Well, I don't know why I would. I don't yeah. know. I don't know the. I don't. I haven't found the benefit to it. I mean, he he works for me full time. He's he's like he wants to for years to come. Where our yeah. our incentives are aligned. So, well, um, that's the way. That's the way to do it. I think, and and that's the way I did. It, like when I was really putting out the student rental rentals is like full-time employees and it wasn't perfect. Not every job yeah. was perfect, yeah. but it meant more to me to get it done. Yeah. Quickly. And, and yeah. And I, I did it for a fraction of what it would probably cost right. a lot of other people to do it. Yeah. So it worked. And I like yeah. getting quotes. Like it makes it a whole lot easier mental bandwidth wise for me to be like, okay, you're going to board this unit for, you know, this little unit for a thousand bucks. You're going to mud it for a thousand bucks. You're going to whatever. It's like, Okay, the boarding's done. Here's your pay. Okay, the money. So your guy still Here's does your... that. So yeah, it's, we it's, still do quotes. It's not hourly. Well, we switched it to quotes recently. It was hourly. Mm -hmm. uh, the quotes are based on his expectation for the number of hours it'll take, and mm -hmm. for the most part, we don't really have to make adjustments um, unless a you know extenuating circumstances. But um, we do quotes, so yeah. that makes it a lot easier for me to keep track. He sends me photos. Here's the whole unit. It's been boarded. Cool. Yeah. Here's, and I just send a. Well, I have, I have, I actually had to move to TD Bank so that I could do bill payments. Uh, you can set them up as a personal payee. Um, oh, really? Okay, yeah. so RBC has some something similar. Yeah, but it's like maxed at like three grand or something. This is like okay. I haven't found it. There's no max to it. I don't believe it's so. Just whatever you want. Yeah. So I because yeah. so I can so I e-transfer. You know, lim didn't really work out that great. And I'm sure you can do stuff through QuickBooks or whatever. But yeah, I, I had him literally get an account yeah. at TD so that I could pay him through personal payee as a pay bill option yeah yeah <laughs> well now what you can do now that you have the corporate accounts is you can do ach direct deposit which there is no limit like oh, you, you set the limit oh i've never heard and of that. then you just do like a fob i have a little fob with a it's like a two-factor id oh okay uh the way that concept was originally created with privacy so it's just a fob that changes number every like 10 seconds yeah and uh i can release a million dollars today if i want right yeah. interesting and you pay you can pay a contractor with that or yeah yeah oh, you just get their void check put it in you pay them doesn't matter what bank they're at oh that's interesting yeah so oh, that's what i do that. with everybody i'm like send me your void check <laughs> i'm not I'm gonna have to bother you for that i'm, I'm not like going that. to the bank not getting a bank draft we're not doing wires this will just drop the money in your account oh i like that <laughs> yeah i have heard people yeah. do um i know a lot of people like to some people like will run a lot of money through like an amex there's ways to like you have to pay like three percent fees but then but like they'll just they'll take the 3% hit, but they'll get like insane amounts of like travel points and stuff. And they'll run it through like, I think plastic with a Q.com is like one way to do some of this. Or you, I think you can pay utility bills with it. And there's like so some quirky, I don't do it because it's but. somehow worth worthwhile. Well, you end up yeah. like, the thing is, is like you can definitely write off fees, you know, but you don't have to claim uh, travel points. Um, so you yeah. can have millions of dollars, yeah. millions of travel points and complete, completely above board, but cash back, on credit cards, you technically need yeah, to get taxed on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of people getting like significant audits over that. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's a some reason little... not to take the cashback card. In your yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, you only need so many travel points. I don't need millions and millions of travel points. So, I... well, I feel like you do. Like, yeah. Just... Well, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> We're what, five different countries last year. It was something. I don't yeah. even. Yeah, something like that. It was. It was. Too, it was too much. Uh, like my fiance Angie loves to travel, so we were doing a lot of it. But I got burnt out with it by the end. Um, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't really like that much. It's too much. Yeah. For me, I, I do like having a stable base. That being said, I don't really want that to be in Ontario for the winter. Right. Much prefer to be just away. When you're 
traveling that yeah. much, like you can't work out properly, you can't eat properly, you have no routine, it's yeah. harder to work. Just wait till you have a kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> then you'll know what not being able to have a routine is. Well, I think this is a big part of the reason for the travel blitz yeah. is kids, kids, you know, coming up. So it's a lot of like, like, yeah. well, that'll be the plan in a, in a year or two or something like so. Yeah, we're, you know, knock off some locations that we wouldn't otherwise go to with sure. kids, right? Yeah, I mean, but you can like, so we traveled with my son at 10 weeks old. We went to Florida, we drove. Yeah. And he just slept most of the time. So Perfect. what would have been a six hour drive per day turned into eight. Yep. And nine one day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He did have a meltdown the very last day. Yeah. Uh, but it's a lot. Yeah. But yeah I mean, manageable. once he hit three months, we wouldn't have done it. Yeah. So if, you know, if you guys are up for it, that would be the time if you got a place to stay uh, somewhere and just go and like, yeah. I don't know. It's way better uh, to have a warm climate. You know, you can take the baby for walks and stuff. Like, we didn't want to be inside in the winter. No. And we'll definitely, yeah. we're definitely considering Florida next winter for a month or two, something like that. Yeah. Um, we were in enough warm locations this winter, you know, Australia and whatever. Yeah. And, and, but we want to just, I'd like to be able to like go somewhere yeah. where I can go to the gym and eat well and still like work. And I, you know. I strongly, strongly recommend it. Um, yeah. We did, we did Florida for three and a half months in 2021. And it was like just, the best that yeah. was when everything was locked down at home and we were just truly enjoying life uh i would you know since baby came along it's a little harder yeah um but you know we were fortunate enough six weeks last year and then four weeks this year so I mean, awesome yeah not nothing you know not it as much as we'd like but it helped i would say like for me and i don't know what it is like i just find the gray even now oh it's a nightmare yeah. it's, it's depressing yeah like, i find it depressing and i don't want to be around i it. wouldn't be surprised if like 25 yeah. percent of listeners are andrew huberman fans at this point because like he's all over but like he talks a lot about getting like sunlight in your eyes and the morning and yeah you know 16 hours after your first sunlight exposure is when you start to get tired so it makes okay. sense that first thing in the morning you want to get sunlight in your eyes yeah and it helps you like sleep properly that evening and so yeah. every morning i wake up and open the blinds and yeah. it's a gray sky oh i know <laughs> and but I, I would love to see a blue sky and like go up by yeah. the pool and like get some sun in my eyes and i just you know you, you know after a beach day everyone's wiped like it just makes sense to like yeah. have some of that yeah i mean i i love ontario summer yeah. but i just think we have horrendous weather for a lot of the year we do and yeah. uh yeah i'd like to just be here for like i think like may 15th we came back or i think it was like may 12th yeah and it was actually like it was the sweet spot the temperatures just shifted up and it was like 18 degrees oh, yeah. plus and sunny even just yeah. eight literally eight weeks away in the winter is probably uh, you know enough it to helps. make it all make it some helps. work you know yeah. like three two to three months just gone during the worst i'd rather parts. be yeah. i'd rather be even in ontario for february and then be gone for march and april yeah because those I'd, seem, I'd those wanna, seem to drag i'd almost <laughs> want to be here for christmas just for the nostalgia oh i enjoy yeah. the christmas yeah. part so that no problem getting up to christmas Christmas. yeah actually even like you know we've left in january a couple times that's cool yeah but i think you know the reason i i bring this talk up is like we get into investing uh and a lot of people who listen to this podcast eventually like they turn it into their income in some way whether yeah. it's through flipping or whether it's through you know yeah. passive income yeah or, or whatever or living off refinance funds a lot of burn investors Refin are doing that there right? are some yeah. that are doing that yeah, yeah for sure um and then you can design your lifestyle yeah or if you eventually get to the point where you have enough passive income yeah yeah you you know then it's on the table it makes sense to be intentional about that yeah, yeah. um i still i live in a triplex and i still drive a hyundai accent so i've, I've been like i'm, I'm still living yeah. a fairly frugal life um crushing it <laughs> but uh yeah but you'll be getting a minivan soon enough well i think that like yeah. I, you know I, I i would never have expected myself to say this but i like the idea of the next house we buy to not put a mortgage on it um to like yeah. or at least like within a year or two just have the thing paid off have an airbnb suite in the basement that yeah. covers the cost of yeah. utilities yeah, property good. tax insurance 
and just know that we never need to worry about making a mortgage payment on the house we live in and you yeah. know, or any of the utilities and stuff that's all covered. And then our income is our income and it's for travel, yeah. food, whatever, um, kids. Do you have, um, do you personally guarantee your mortgages on all these uh, Um buildings? I believe it all is. I know that originally it was. I don't remember, la- I don't remember yeah, signing like things like that this last week, but I pro- it's probably, probably in the are. legal package. Yeah. I'm just thinking like the next step of layer of protection in case, right. you know, shit hit the fan yeah. would be to have your home in a trust Oh, interesting. And then with beneficiaries that are not just you. Yeah, I don't okay. know. And, and yeah. I, this isn't legal or, or accounting advice, yeah. but I did speak with George Dubia at this yep. about this at one point, and he said, uh, "Well, you know, say somebody you know comes for you one day or whatever, it's like, oh, well, sorry, creditor, this isn't mine. Yeah, this, this belongs to a trust, and there are multiple beneficiaries." I think that's limits. a good example of things yeah. where people people like we talked about mental bandwidth, but just just also just like the safety of your life and knowing like, you know like there's always there's an, an every life has some asterisks associated with it when it comes to like if this happens then yeah. everything falls apart and yeah. i try to avoid as many of those as i can right so now like you know i'm very cl- i want to make sure that my taxes are all done right i don't want to yeah. if i get audited i don't want that to be a stressful situation i want it to be a yeah that's cool because every single transaction in my bank account is associated with a receipt yeah and there's nothing to look like in an audit it's all the answers are there you know and i think like, a big way uh, because with audits, like personal ownership is a huge target. Yeah. Um, not owning it in your personal right. name is probably uh, a big asset to you. Uh, and yeah. I've made the switch no more. Nothing with the personal name. Right. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. no more. Yeah. Because uh, I went through a disgusting audit uh, oh, yeah. on the personal. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Just I remember the, we talked about that years ago. Stress I, about it, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never really talked about it on here, but it's, yeah. it's just, uh, yeah, it was, it was gross. So, yeah. um, and you know, what I will say is like for, you know, people like the, the, the simplest in the first place, this is what all the accountants will tell me that I have this conversation is they look at your mileage log. Yeah. That's the starting point. Cause if you don't do a good job with that, it's like, okay, tip of the iceberg. Now yeah. let's ask for a I've few never, more. I've never claimed mileage. Cause I was always like, that's a red flag. I just don't and that's like it. Probably, Even though you I drove you to probably, probably today for this, so. you probably would have already been audited, <laughs> right? Like, and I wow. used to, I used to um, do a lot more with the mileage, especially on the reimbursements for my company, and I just. I haven't. Wow. I should like, I, it's actually just stupid to not do it, but well, and I might do it at least in my, like my, my coaching company business. No, you should should reimburse yourself. They can audit that one. It's all associated with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You should reimburse yourself. Like if you're driving like a thousand kilometers, like there's actually a corporate reimbursement rate. Like it's so much easier than than tracking every kilometer you go everywhere. It's like, this isn't a category. This is just what my accountant recommended to me. So take it with a grain of salt, but basically said that, uh, with allow, reimbursement you just track the the kilometers you do and then you use the government allowed oh, whatever wow. their rate is like 55 cents or 60 right. cents to reimburse yourself oh i need to do that yeah so yeah. that's um it, it, and you know what the reason i don't is like i barely do any driving i know me either <laughs> yeah. Yeah, i don't really either. drive to site i don't yeah. um but the florida trips you know like yep that's one of those ones i could do i just um i'll have to get some advice on how to do that because, well, I mean, yeah. yeah, there's little, I'm sure there's enough yeah. justification for these things. Sometimes I'll drive yeah. to a student's property to show them or whatever. I would drive to a podcast yeah, yeah, for sure. like, like this or like today, like whatever. That's, that's a write off. Yeah. Would, I would assume. Well, I'm, yeah, I have some coin laundry rolls I'll probably use for gas, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm better, honestly, better off. Like, it's funny because even that, like, you know, you got to make sure you're claiming your laundry income, but like, cause like that would be riskier than it would to just instead do it legitimately and write it off, <laughs> like pay with a credit card, write it off, yeah. write off the mileage, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, like how how does that work? Let's just do a hypothetical. Like yeah. they're you're like 
you've spoken with your accountant and he said yeah, it would be weird if there wasn't any laundry income you're or? supposed to claim your laundry income yeah of so yeah <laughs> like yeah so i'm saying you don't like, want to have zero dollars on your yeah laundry. that would be odd yeah. right yeah. yeah okay yeah we'll leave it at that <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like like some like some people put like pay range so that like tenants can actually pay by credit card and then it's all on paper like i tend to do a lot of coins um so like you know make sure you're claiming your coins yeah yeah make sure yeah very important <laughs> i mean it's really not that much anyway to be honest <laughs> no no just a little chump change yeah, right yeah but it's yeah. very common for people to be like that's my gas and groceries money or whatever right mm -hmm. like yeah very interesting yeah yeah i mean i i hear the stories like having been in the mortgage world and like uh car washes you know? oh like, yeah 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 i had a guy tell me he's like oh don't worry andrew like i will pay off this mortgage within the next year and a half like the mortgage wow. property wow he's like that's how much cash we do wow <laughs> that's insane yeah it's funny because i think of like breaking bad when i think of the mm -hmm. car wash but that's a whole different thing that's them trying to that's them trying to legalize money. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i went and saw that actual car wash we were in one of our one of our oh, travels yeah. we saw the actual breaking bad car wash <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting and and walter white's house yeah yeah very cool. there's a fence around it because all the yeah. because like people are always coming and taking pictures so the the people that own this house are so yeah. pissed off. <laughs> i can imagine the people uh this is, i don't know why this occurs to me but the ones from the home alone house like, oh yeah, yeah i imagine they get that all the time oh they i'm must, sure yeah. i i think they do have a fence yeah, yeah you'd need one yeah well, it's too well iconic in breaking bad there's a scene where they where he throws uh he gets he gets pissed off and throws a pizza on and it lands on the roof yeah. So they were having a lot of people like reenact that scene. So they were getting pizzas thrown in the roof all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but Very they were not happy. They were like sitting down on their porch, like looking yeah. so so upset. <laughs> we're like yeah, across the imagine. street, like, hey, it's Walter White's house. We don't wow. look happy. Oh, so you didn't even know? Oh no, we knew. We knew. Yeah, yeah. You we were like, there, oh, let's you go went see there it. Oh, those people yeah. don't look happy. Like, why did they buy yeah. that house? I wonder if they knew. <laughs> yeah. I bet not. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they just bought it and like, what's going on? Why is everyone here? Like, <laughs> I remember walking by the the Full House houses in, uh, oh, yeah. in San Francisco. Uh, <laughs> nothing like, you know, oh, there's that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's, there's something fun about real yeah. estate in general. Like, we, we all, like, how fun is it to just go into houses, right? Like, oh, yeah. Just like, I've always enjoyed that. Those are like the funnest days. That's one of the best and parts about real estate. Days. Just going, yeah. Just we, going into houses. We, we do open housing sometimes, us and our friends. We'll just like, just go. we'll just do a day of open housing. That's great. Yeah. Just yeah, go around, And it's go good market the, research too. Yeah. It's it can, great. It, it market can end research. up being useful, but it's just, you never fun. know. You're like, oh, I just saw three houses. Like, oh, that one was like clearly underpriced. We should make an offer on yeah, that. Yeah. One. Like, even just to like assign it or whatever. Like, yeah. And what things like you notice, like, oh, that listing didn't have good photos. Like, I like noticing these things. Yeah. It makes a difference. Like when, when somebody lists badly, they attract less eyes. There's yeah. a good chance that there might be a deal there. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So many yeah. of my buildings that I bought had, had no photos or terrible photos. Yeah. And it's like two or 300 bucks to hire a great photographer to come take your pictures and make a video. Yeah. Like it's not that much. It's, it's insane. that. People... Yeah. I'm just doing that in Florida right now. Yeah. Uh, getting all that done for the two I have listed. Oh, yeah. Makes and, such a, I'm going to do virtual staging too. Right. But uh, yeah, what I want to do, or you, do you do Matterport? For, yeah, we've for got too, Matterport, yeah. but the photos aren't great. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to get in the whole shebang. Right. But uh, the virtual staging, that's cool. So they're, they're Photoshopping a couch They're Photoshopping yeah. it in. That's yeah. Cool. But I, I think real staging at this point for my business down there, I just didn't want to have to store it in between. Right. But I think I just buy all the furniture for oh, real yeah. staging. There's going to be AI. Like I'm sure you could Google virtual staging AI at this point. It'd probably be like 
Oh, for sure. It's just when people show up, like it helps that much more to have oh, them yeah. come in, right? Because the, the staging's for not sure. there anymore. <laughs> for sure. And but it is we, much yeah. cheaper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, Kellen, what's like, what's the, the grand plan? Like, I know you're, you're obviously getting the traveling out of your system because you're thinking maybe yeah. growing the family, you're getting married soon. Yeah. Um, goal with the business. Like, what are you looking to do? I, I like the idea of just buying something like an apartment building a year kind of thing. Just, just, just for I'm, enjoyment. I'm, I mean, I've always just been burring. I've just continued to scale without partners and I don't, I still haven't found the need for it so yeah just buy an apartment building a year or something like that like it's not like a specific number or anything like that you just want to keep growing keep the mental bandwidth on the on the business low um you know keep doing the coaching and stuff because i'm having fun with it as like an active source and yeah something i can kind of like you know take on more more or less students depending on how busy i feel like being so that keeps me doing yeah act, doing some active stuff um but uh that's, that's sort of that i mean i I don't like I've always just maintained a lot of focus, right? Like it's just been I've been doing the same thing since 2016 and I I plan to just keep doing that. It's working. Um, That's great that you just keep keep your head down, do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you're changing too. you're developing now, like. Yeah, maybe. Maybe for sure. Yeah. If if things like that pop up, I'll I'll take advantage of them. But yeah, still keep looking. This is why I say look for properties with extra land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This was a wake up call when I saw that. When I realized I could build a 12 plex on a on land without having to buy anything else, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll keep an eye out for that yeah, now. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So uh, where do people reach you? Yeah, Kellen James on Instagram, kellenjames.ca. Um, that's where I have like my mentorship program and stuff as well. So people can do like one-on-one coaching with me. And then I have like um, masterminds that I'll put on probably a couple times a year as well with like group coaching and all online for that so do you like meetups like or like actual physical masterminds this is just yeah. online as of now yeah. um we used to do a lot of in-person meetups i know people miss it i i think if there's an if there's the right demand for it i'd probably introduce it but um yeah like the the mentorship stuff i, I just do six months people can we, we have a call every two weeks i look at like what's the best use of their time at that moment yeah. i mean i basically only work with people who are doing who are building a long-term buy and hold portfolio yeah um so I'm not an expert at Airbnbs and flipping and that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, I can do those, but it's, uh, you know, it's so funny. I never thought this would be a niche, but it's a niche to just build a long-term buy and hold real oh, estate yeah. portfolio. I wouldn't even think it's that much of a niche. It's, it's pretty, cr- it's pretty big, but it's, it's a like, big segment. The, like when you go on social media, everybody's talking about the people quick. aren't talking about it. They're talking yeah. about Airbnbs and flips and wholesales and wholesales. Yeah. Cause those are like and more attractive yeah. in the short run. Yeah. yeah Instant it's, gratification. It's become a niche to just yeah. buy investment properties without partners and just continue to scale that portfolio. Yeah. And yet I think that's one of the best things people can do. I really believe that. I mean, it's what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. Um, no. But it's become a niche. <laughs> if yeah, if you're gonna, crazy. To if you're going to take on partners, like it needs to make sense. It, yeah. It's got to be for a deal that makes sense to have a partner on, whether, you know, it be an active business. I think that a lot of times it makes sense for partners, strategic yeah. partners. Oh, yeah. Um, for, for just qualifications, some people will do that early on, but I don't think that they necessarily need to. Yeah. No, there's, yeah. there's, a, there's like at the end of the day, pick your strategy and stick with it and get yeah. great at it. And there's lots of people yeah. who do amazing jobs building large portfolios with JV partners. But I've almost every single one of those that I've seen doing yeah. that in Ontario has since sold most of those portfolios. Yeah, and then, and then they, they end up just doing it things. on their own. And they do yeah. it on their own. <laughs> yeah, they don't end up wanting to stay in the, them for the long run. Oh, yeah, I didn't really want to keep holding stuff with a partner. And and I, yeah. I get that logic. Yeah, so that's why, you know, I, I think partnership makes sense for, like I said, the active businesses, certain strategic reasons. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the short term stuff, I think it can make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I mean, there's there's a thousand ways to make money. But yeah, yeah, try to pick one, maybe two and just stick with it and get yeah. really good at it. You know, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. OK, Kellen, any words of wisdom before we uh, close out? 
Um, no, I mean, just stick with like, stick with forcing appreciation on buildings. Um, if you're a new investor, try to make sure the projects are relatively predictable so that you're not getting into something that you're going to be stuck with for a long time. Yeah. Um, budget for cash for keys so that if tenants don't move out, you have the ability to pay them. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and just continue to scale your portfolio. Don't rush into things. Don't think you have to s scale insanely fast. Just yeah. Take on a building or two a year and uh yeah and, and slow you, and steady will do it if you're doing it without partners you have to do half as many deals so you don't have to get as yeah. many deals you know you can just do one a year instead of two a year or two a year instead of four a year and get the exact same result for half the work so well said <laughs> cool all right kellen thanks for doing this thank you appreciate it there are a lot of people out there talking about the infinite banking strategy and whether or not it makes sense for them to find out what it's all about and if it's a fit for you, visit controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines, where my audience can gain exclusive access to books, podcasts, and webinars tailor-made for real estate investors.